Any uh, better? Say any something better? pretty loud. Um. Uh. We the motherfucking house. Yeah, that that works. to another edition of This Week in Music Videos podcast where we talk about, you guessed it, music videos. Uh, they come out every week. Uh, we've been trying to campaign for a week where they don't release music videos for several years, but hasn't happened yet. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by your super good friends at IMVDB, the Internet Music Video Database. My name is Adam. And uh, with me, uh, as usual as always and someone who just took an uber ride that i followed on the internet which was fun and interesting is mr doug Klinger. how are you doug doing super good adam i'm not flawless but i'm gorgeous yeah so that i so last week you mentioned the line i didn't know where i was from i know exactly where that's from this from action bronze's new album sincerely mr wonderful and uh yeah Maybe we could talk about Action Bronson later. He released a music video, I think, last week. Um, before we get into the 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 meat, we've got uh, someone who is with us as usual, Mr. Uh, Adam Alexander from North of the Wall. Adam, how are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Ready to share some thoughts and some opinions. Thoughts Whoa. and opinions? Jesus, Adam. We never... <laughs> it's, not we, it's not why we bring you here. No, wait, wait. Hold on a second. <laughs> You, you're totally mistaken about this podcast. We're just here reading ads for different from different products. This week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Um, Shit, I got Square no thoughts Spoo- on that. Square <laughs> Square Squarespace. Oh, uh, we just oh, at Doug, we just lost it. Lost it. Anyway, it yeah, was well. it was tenuous. We, they told us don't fuck it up, and we would have the fucked it up. No, well, it works for mail. It works for mail crimp. Yeah, actually, it's weird because almost like I have heard maybe hundreds of ad reads for Squarespace and Harry's and uh, Fracture and all those companies that sponsor podcasts. But the only podcast I've ever heard sponsored by Mailchimp is is Serial. So I don't know what's going on there. But well, and and it's funny too because people are like, yeah, Mailchimp sponsors a ton of podcasts and i also have never heard them other <laughs> yeah. than it's serial doug i mean uh, adam have you heard of podcasts sponsored by mailchimp ever no ju- just serial huh interesting that's it um so in the world of music videos this week we've got a great watch list a uh, bunch different from last week last week we had andrea allen on from vimeo which was a ton of fun we had some some crazy entertaining music videos that were more on the popish side. This week we've got a little more artsy, I think, but still a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. But we also have some and news. Weirdly pop. Weirdly pop. Weirdly pop. Yeah. Um, the best kind. And uh, we have a little bit of news to talk about this week because this week, uh, past week, was the YouTube Music Awards. Which, YGMAs. That's right. Which. So if, if you have been paying attention to the YouTube Music Awards, you may remember. The 2013 mu- YouTube Music Awards, which or, were uh, 14? No, they were 13. Oh, they skipped a year. They did skip a year, I believe, because <laughs> the 2000. The, so the 2000. If you look at the 2015 <laughs> YouTube Music Awards Wikipedia entry, it says the 2013 ceremony was met with mixed reception. Yeah, that's a kind way of saying that people thought it was shitty. Yeah, um, we liked it though. We loved it. Well, uh, it was interesting. Remember, so who hosted no, it? Was uh, Reg- Reggie Watson? Who else? Jason Schwartzman. Yes. 
and it was and in they did a, a terrible job. It was in a. I, I wanted to like it, but so yeah. bad, so bad, and it was, and it was. This is what's important. It was directed by Spike Jones, and it featured like seven music videos or something. All some one directed by Spike Jones, one directed by Chris Milk, one directed by Syndrome. Like live they music videos, though live music videos, but that then um, eventually were posted on YouTube. Right, and it all took place. It was like an actual awards show, but like you know, like we're doing a different take on it. Like it was in we're like a warehouse in Brooklyn, I think. And didn't who we we know the person who shot that? Who shot? Well, Ke- that? Uh, Kevin Hayden was. Um, he was the Kevin camera Hayden. operator on it. He was. He shot a bunch of it. Like like he did. I know he definitely did the whole like pre-show thing that they did, and I definitely th- I think he shot a couple of those. A couple of the live music videos. I don't know if he was um, on like the main sh- on the main camera that was on Reggie and Jason, mm-hmm. or if he was more involved in like the individual projects where mm-hmm. he operated camera. But he definitely was like a camera op, and I think it, uh, I think he was a DP on a lot of it too. <clears throat> so there were actual awards that year, video of the year. Won by I Got a Boy by Girls' Generation, all sorts of different awards, and that was in November 2013. And November 2014, instead of like having an award show, YouTube just said like we we gotta figure this shit out, and they said, you know, we're gonna kind of reinvent what this means, and and we we found out what it means this this week, and that it means that they were releasing a number of music videos, kind of branded with the uh, YouTube Music Awards brand or logo i guess whatever you call it and the interesting thing was that the sponsors stayed the same i don't know if you guys remember but kia and right. vice media both sponsored the 2013 awards and they, they both stayed on as as uh sponsors this year now i do believe that there were awards i saw somewhere that like 50 awards were given i they did were like see a list doc you're 50, right 50 award recipients what they received awards for or anything like that i have not seen, but I have seen a long <laughs> list of names of award recipients, including like Lady Gaga and a whole bunch of just like random names who I don't even think put out any videos this year. Unless Lady Gaga, like she did those ones with Tony Bennett. Yeah, and I think I think we've all been enablers to the Tony Bennett Lady Gaga thing. I f- I feel like it's our fault in a way. Um, for kind of egging her on, um, and I always feel kind of for anyone, anyone acting like it wasn't a terrible train wreck of an idea. <laughs> if anyone who didn't meet that with like utter disgust and yeah. like have violent outbreaks mm-hmm. was was an enabler. I so I have so I used to edit like party videos and like bar mitzvah and wedding videos, and I always. There was this one video that was like shot over like a four day weekend of like somebody's anniversary, and there are all these different parties and stuff like that. A very expensive, large event, but there was this one a couple one couple that had like a choreographed dance that they were <laughs> that they like brought out at every party. So there were maybe like three or four of these events. Like one was on a boat, one was, you know, in a ballroom, whatever. And they would always kind of bring it out. And the first time was like, oh cool. And then by the fourth time you're like, for love of God, please no. And that like that pops into my head every time I see Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. Because every like <laughs> awards like thing or like thing where they're like up next, you know, like blah blah blah. They list fifteen award to fifteen artists. Tony it's Bennett and Lady Gaga are always in that, that list. They're they're in the mix. 
Yeah. Like, and of course, like <laughs> last week in the last award show you saw. So wait, these and and when these old people danced at these parties in South Florida, they were met with like much cheer and and admiration at these like weird parties that they were at. Um, I think people were kind of had like a silent deference to them. There was no like, yay, we're doing it again. It was just more like, uh, okay, well, here here we go. It's like, okay, this is happening. But they yeah, there wasn't like a, like a whoop, there it is moment where yeah. everybody is like into it. So so for this this uh, YouTube Music Awards, like we said, there was a whole like actual live broadcast in 2013. But this year they, they premiered 13 music videos. And so the weird the weird thing to me was that the host... Uh, was Tyler Oakley. And if you're not familiar with Tyler Oakley, he's like a YouTube Uh. slash Twitter slash Vine personality. And he like, quote unquote, hosted the event. He, they said he was going to provide like commentary, like pre-taped, of course, um, on the music videos. And all that was going to be available on YouTube. Um, And they also had uh, 50, I'm just reading here, uh, 50 YouTube Music Award winners, which just sounds like an insane amount. Yeah, that's what, like, 50, that's where Lady Gaga is in the mix on. Yeah. Lady Gaga is one of those random 50. 50 awards, and they don't even say what the awards are. <laughs> it's just, like, best hug, yeah. best shoes. And it was it was kind of sad because the when the YouTube, in the 2013, when they did this awards, there was so much, like, energy, like, we're gonna, like... You know, YouTube is the is the venue for music videos, and we're gonna do uh, an award show that's like mixes like video and music, and everything is gonna we come together. It. Great, we're not MTV, exactly. Yeah, and and I feel like it was a really valiant effort. And there are some parts of that show, like the Arcade Fire music video for uh, uh, help me. Out, it's Doug. the same one that the Emily Kaibach eventually did the, the official video for. Um, Right, Afterlife. Afterlife. Um, That live video was so great, and it's so much fun. And And even, like, the Eminem Syndrome one is, like, one of the best Eminem videos that I've seen in, like, in a while. Like, he's done so many actual music videos that, like, don't have that same natural energy Mm -hmm. that was in that live music video that he did. Because he kind of, like, pulled off something pretty impressive of being able to perform Rap God, like, live in in that kind of context of like a verse that's like pretty kind of it's like super fast or whatever it's got a lot of words in it and like all those videos were all great and so yeah. like the show it was it was the segments in between the, the videos shows, like, where it, right where Jason Schwartzman and Reggie Watts are like digging through a cake for the award winner <laughs> it's like who who won the award dig through this cake and then was there a part where like where Schwartzman just had a baby for no reason. <laughs> Do you remember that he's just carrying around a baby? I'm pretty sure we live tweeted this when it happened. We did, yeah, we totally <laughs> live tweeted it. So, uh, not live tweeted, live blogged it. Better. Yeah, More. you remember that. I remember we we live blogged it. I think, and we had yeah, we were there was we no- live something did. Yeah, people we were there. In. So this, <laughs> yeah, I kind so this of year it said they took all that nonsense out. Right. Well, I just kind of wish they gave it a second try. Me too. I mean, it's 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 kind of a bummer to, to just like have the first one be. I mean, I guess you could call it possibly a failure, but like a super interesting, interesting failure. This is still a try, I think. Yeah, they, it was a, and it they, was, yeah, they commissioned all these videos. It's not like right. they just selected these videos. These videos were paid for by you by YouTube. 
And include do another show, but include these sweet commissioned videos. Just throw those in there. That's but like neat, the interesting thing is like that's not the thing they got wrong. Like the videos in the original show were the <laughs> things the things that you could take away that were good. Right. And and instead they just instead of like trying to fix the other part, they just threw it away. <laughs> and 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 then just commissioned these videos. But like in terms of the videos, they I feel like they got it right again. Like in terms of the directors that they got for a lot of these videos, like they got some really great like names. Like it wasn't just big names. Like as much as I love Chris Milk and Spike Jones, like I feel like those are such obvious choices, and they're also people who didn't necessarily like blow up on the internet. Like the directors that they chose for this time around, like kind of our internet people as well. I'm yeah, pretty so, sure there's not a shitty video out of the bunch. They're all good. I haven't watched. I haven't. I will admittedly say I haven't watched them all, but I've watched a lion's share of them, and they've all been pretty solid. And yeah. they've been, you know, pretty popular as well. Um, the, I think nine of the top ten videos from this week are going to be from the YouTube Awards. Which is impressive, yeah. I think, and, and Doug, when you mentioned like getting more internet people, I think that, that that's kind of on the both the artist and the director side. Like, I guess one of the ones that that made a lot of, I don't even know why I'm saying this, made a lot of waves. What does that even mean? <laughs> um, but but one of the ones that that I saw like in my Twitter feed a lot was this uh, famous video by Charlie XCX, directed by Eric Wareheim. Who you know, Eric Wareham of Tim and Eric is definitely someone that we're super familiar with, and actually was one of the first like very complete pages on the on the site. I think like several he years was, ago. I I like point to Eric Wareham's music videos as the reason that I started watching music videos again. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of like had let go of watching music videos for a while. Like in there was like a dark ages and. And then, like, I was I was a big Tim and Eric fan, and then Eric Wareham just started making music videos, and I was like, oh, fuck. Music videos can be a thing, and I started paying attention. I remember, like, showing you the Pound of Floor video, Adam, like, way back, like, right after college, mm-hmm. and we, us both being, like, really stoked on it. Well, actually, it's, it's funny that uh, She's Got Me Dancing by Tommy Sparks, directed by Eric Wareham, is the third music video added to the database. <laughs> Nice. Um, so you can see where we where we kind of were. But where our roots the, are. Yeah, and, and like there's so many great like plight dance song by the bird and the bee. Um, you don't know me by Ben Folds and like videos videos like that. Um, He's be- not. He hasn't missed. No. Um, and, and this video is so. This video is for Charlie XCX, which we've talked on the podcast about a bit because. A lot of people have taken a stab at a Charlie XCX video. She is, she has worked with a pretty amazing like breadth and depth of director from Brother from to Mark Glassfield to Sing J Lee to Ryan Andrews. Um, just like directors from all over the map too. Tons, yeah. Uh, it's not like it's just been like all like people from one production company or like with one kind of style or visual palette, like. People are like she's worked with directors who are all over the map. And this video um, is called Famous, and well, the song's called Famous. And the video stars this, I guess, we're, we're like styled as a teen girl in her room who's dancing, and she's a big Charlie XCX fan. She's got posters all over her wall of 
her and she's you know watching charlie xcx on her iphone or whatever smartphone and as the battery dies like these older kind of like counterculture goth people come out of the closet and out from under her bed to get her um and then she grabs her ipad which has you know more battery and then that dies and they come and get her and they kind of suck her into this underworld of these kind of people who are the stock and trade of like tim and eric and eric wareheim casting like these kind of like counterculture but they're in but they're in stylish clothes in yeah in stylish clothes they they, all of them have like uh, selfie sticks modern stylish clothes or like some kind of tim and eric variation of it but they're all like very old gross gross gross. looking people (laughs) um okay so i surprisingly am gonna say because that's kind of like the video right like she like the girl's phone is not like her what happens is her devices keep dying and whenever her devices die that's kind of when these people emerge Mm -hmm. and then once everything kind of shuts down that's when she goes into this place and she's kind of in search for a plug and she eventually like finds the plug as this like giant gross man with selfie sticks for all his fingers the plug (laughs) is like his belly button so um and that's kind of like the video and so I want to start by saying I love this video. It's fantastic. Um, it's one, you know, one of the best videos that have come out so far this year. However, if I'm going to grade this on an Eric Wareheim music video, Bell Curve, um, it, it, it's not one of the best, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like it, it just... Like most, so many of Eric Wareheim's videos just have like layer after layer after layer. Like you can just keep peeling shit back on every Eric Wareheim video and keep, you keep coming up with more shit. And I I don't think that this famous video has quite so many of those layers. And I think that that might be a result of the kind of scenario that they were in with having to make this video under these circumstances for this award show. I think that they, I read somewhere that they had like something like 10, 12 days to two weeks for like from conception to completion of this video. And I just feel like it's a video that's less layered than a lot of the Eric Wareheim videos that I've seen. And I wonder what you guys think about that. Do we think that uh, Charlie was uh, filmed somewhere else? She wasn't on set with uh, with Eric. Would I, well, is that on set with Eric or on set with like these other characters? Well, I just feel like the decision to uh, for the concept for the video to have Charlie on these uh, tablet screens and phone screens had something to do with the fact that she couldn't be there where they were filming. <clears throat> Who knows, right? Like if they really had such like a short period of time, but like in terms of like, like, and that, that like could make sense. Um, I don't, I can't really say for sure, but she isn't really like fully integrated into the narrative of this story. Um, that's true. And she's never there. She's never there with the other characters in a room at any point. Right. 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 And I think this, this video kind of, is another piece of a trend we've been seeing with Eric Wareheim videos lately where there's been a little bit more social commentary to them. And that yeah. was never really a piece of anything. I mean, 
you watch like Wishes by Beach House, which is such an amazing video, or like Bubble Bub by Major Lazer. And Eric Wareheim's trademark has always been this kind of like sensory, uh, you know, warping or warping of images that is like made Tim and Eric really famous for that but kind of think, melding of th- that in comedy. I, I, I do think, though, that they're if you dig like super deep into any of the Tim and Eric aesthetic, that there is kind of like an overall kind of like. Like there's a yeah. point being made. Like there's by, always a, a theme uh, or a message in there somewhere. Whether he's like really whether buried. he's reverting gender stereotypes or there's always something. Yeah, or just like the fact that they use these like everyday people and mix them in with famous people. Like I do think that there is like a deep, deep like kind of like core to everything. And I think that in these last few videos that that he's kind of brought that up much higher and. Yeah, it's, like the like the ham by Mr. Oizo video, where it has those kind of trademark like, you know, funhouse mirror kind of images. I don't know why did I say funhouse mirror. It's a stupid way to describe it. Um, no, but I know what you mean. Like it's it is like a like a warping of reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know the the whole point of that video, or like the whole like subtext of that video, was was consumer com- consumption and kind right. of parodying that. And this is you know obviously you know overconsumption or or overuse of you know social media and other devices by <laughs> certain generation i mean it's not very not 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 very obfuscated here no or even paint i guess it's also sort of the way the youth will paint a, a picture perfect image of themselves on social media on instagram and uh and it's not you know the reality of of what's going on that's kind and of what I, I, also, I also think it's got it's got some like youth preservation like trends in there too. The fact that these are old people mm-hmm. dressed super young and stuff like that, like people trying to like be younger than they are and and put up this front that they're like hip and with it when they're like weird old people is also something that they're kind of being is being talked about here um, in this video. Uh, I love though the part where like the girl can't escape the room until she buys the Charlie XCX album. Like there's, <laughs> there's so it's like buy my album, buy my album. Like there's like a there was like it like I think from an idea perspective and and like in like I I feel like this this video is spot on mm-hmm. and I just I just wonder like had they had more than twelve days what you could do with like an Eric Wareheim director. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he's the type of director who I feel like does videos because he wants to work with the artist and he kind of probably tries to pace things out the way he is comfortable with and doesn't have to work within the normal music video constraints. And I feel like for this video, maybe he did because of the nature of where the video came from. And because of that, I think it, it it feels a little bit different to me. Like I have no problem with this video; I love it a lot. But it just it just feels like it's got a few less layers than I'm used to in an Eric Wareheim video. It definitely feels like it's coming from a different place. It definitely feels like there were limitations placed on this, and I don't know exactly how that's manifested. But like, it doesn't feel like a. It feels like Eric Wareheim light in a way. It's um, weird. I know. I hate because we've, we've said we've used that, but it's weird. Like it does kind of have that, like that feeling a little bit. I I don't know why. Um, 
I don't know why. And my, like the only way, like knowing that it came as part of this big package where they're putting out 13 music videos in a day or whatever it is, and they they were in a limited time crunch. Like, it's hard to not speculate that that is, that is why it has a different feeling to it. And maybe it's just because it's also a huge pop star. Like, that's something that to, to, yeah. to consider too. Because Eric Warheim, you know, he's he's used to working with Diplo and and Beach House and artists <laughs> who aren't... Like, they're trying to do stuff with Charlie, right? Like, Charlie's being... Yeah, I think you might be overestimating how popular Charlie XCX is, though. Mm. No, I, I don't think that's it's what I... Big. I, I it's, that's not where, like, this idea comes from. I just feel like this is a different type of artist than the one we're used to seeing for Eric Wareheim. And that's yes. something else that could potentially come with just additional hands in the cookie jar. Hmm. And... Yeah, I, I guess know. if you're looking at some of his recent artists, or looking at like Mr. Oizo, Tobacco, Major Laser, Dutch Boys, Beach House, um, you know Charlie XCX is the name that jumps out on me out to me on that list in the last like five years or so. So yeah, yeah I can be see the that, biggest yeah. artist uh, that he's directed for, I think. Yeah, although he it, did do least... that uh, youth, the youth video for MGMT when MGMT yeah, but that was, was super hot. But that was also early MGMT. Like maybe he got on board mm-hmm. at a different time, and that's also a video that he kind of helped mo- like mold what he was. Like he was a big TV guy at that time, only, and it was like it's still kind of fresh to have Eric Wareheim as your music video director. Not to say that it's not anymore, but now he's very solidly a music video director. He's directed seventeen music videos. Um, at that time, he directed one. Like it was still like came with like additional cachet because nobody else had 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 done it before i think it's a a pretty safe statement to say that uh this video sits a little lower on the uh the eric wareheim body of work but fairly high on charlie's list of videos i would say right that's funny yeah no definitely probably sits up there right up there with the brother one for me but like um i i I don't know if i'm if i'm necessarily going to put it lower on an Eric Wareheim scale, because like you're basically talking about five star videos across the board, this one included. What mm. I'm what what I would say is that it, it does just like have a different have a different feeling than than what I've come to expect in in the Eric Wareheim videos. So maybe we should talk about um, another video that came out of the YouTube Music Awards, and you can very helpfully tell that because the still image has a giant. Hashtag YTMA logo one. <laughs> Thank you, YouTube, for that. Very subtle. Yeah. Um, and that is the Glass and Patron. Patron. I never know how to say that word. It's a tequila, right? Fancy tequila, very expensive. Yeah. Um, by FKA Twigs. I'm going to start this out by asking you guys a, a trivia question, and you kept answer without opening IMVDB. But what over... Close to 400 million view music videos. FKA Twigs, a backup dancer in <laughs> from 2011. I'm going to give you uh, an answer each, Doug. Uh, I just looked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to guess. Adam Alexander. Oh, man. that that's. T- I'm just going to say maybe a Beyonce video. I have no, no idea. Sort of close. It's, it's Price Tag by Jesse J featuring B.O.B. 
Should have went with something in British. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, and this is submitted to the database uh, by someone a few days ago. And I was like, FK Twigs isn't in this video. And I watched it. And she totally is. She's a backup dancer. I don't know if you guys remember this. Founder. What's that? You found her. Well, this other person found her. But what I mean is you watched the video and found her. I went, yeah. I, whenever there's a kind of a, an important cameo, I definitely try to find the person. But you can definitely tell her. And she's she's never even that close to the camera. But she has such a distinct look that you can... like sure. an, It's like the... Um, it doesn't happen very often. But like I think the other famous example of that is Kesha being... Uh, you know, kind of an extra in the Katy Perry I Kissed a Girl video. Um. She's just sort of like if you've ever seen the video, it's just Katy Perry and maybe like a group of six girls, and she's one of the girls. So. You mean Kesha? But um, oh you mean, yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah, there, Kesha's one of the girls. So the the other example, it's not a music video example, but <laughs> good. The other example is Jennifer Lopez as one of the dancers on In Living Color. Mm, the Fly Girl. Fly Girl, right? Yes. With SW One, Sean <laughs> Sean Wayans. Uh. <laughs> Sean Wayans was the DJ. His name was SW1. I don't know what the one came from. Wait, are you but, really? He was the he was the DJ and live in, on in living. Yeah, color? before they would let him be in, before uh, before like <laughs> Sean and Marlon Wayans were the Wayans brothers, and before he was an actor, he was the DJ, and he would just SW1 spin the hit, and then it would just be like it it live color, and then they would just play the heavy D song. But it was. It's- if you, Google, if you Google Sean Wayans, SW1, you'll see him with, like, a leather jacket sitting uh, on some random balcony in the, like, in the set where the dancers dance. This the is pre-white dance. chicks? Way pre-white chicks. <laughs> this is pre-everything. This is, like, like I said, before Marlon was even on the show, before he was, like, an actor on the show. And uh, he was. Sean Wayans, look it up. <laughs> so, that was a good detour. Um <laughs> fun one. Before we come back around, no, this all relates directly to this FKA Twigs video. So this FKA Twigs video is directed by FKA Twigs. I always like to remember my people that FKA Twigs means formally known as, because sure. I think it kind of takes the the mysterious element out of it. And um, this one's a weird one. Uh, this kind of features FKA Twigs and her and her. Uh, you know, you see shots of a forest, and then FK Twigs is pregnant. She's reaching down to, God, I, well, this is interesting to describe. She's reaching down to her, you know, uh, where you have a baby genital from. area, and then <laughs> starts pulling out some like like a clown pulling stuff out of their throat. Pulls like all these colored colored it's, fabrics. She doesn't do it like a clown would, but this is what it's, I don't it's know. Funny. I feel like she could have a feature at kids' birthdays parties oh, with this. Come on. This is my this is my this is I think the video that I was most impressed by of the YouTube award videos. Yeah, it just, I'm with it you. Just, it just surprised me so much. It takes such a turn, and mm. and then the turn that it takes is like I'm just like in awe by the whole thing. Like there's so much going on. I'm I would I could never even picture what my life would be like being as cool as any of the motherfuckers in this video. So at the end of this video, there's there's for people who haven't seen it, there's like a a fashion show with a catwalk in the middle of a forest um, featuring all sorts of interesting people. You know, I probably would not make the cut for this fashion show. <laughs> no, none of us are making the cuts. No, but like, wait, hold on. But like, just in terms of like the what is happening in this video, are we to assume that she like essentially gives birth to this? Because she like pulls all this <laughs> stuff out of herself and it's like all of these like, 
you know, like sheets and stuff. And then suddenly, like, these people kind of, like, appear from those sheets. Mm-hmm. And then this shit happens. Like, she essentially, like, gives birth to a fashion show. If I have <laughs> got my head Makes around sense. this fucking video is like properly like maybe i'm off base but that's what i perceive to happen and like holy shit what a fucking music video idea like impossibly amazing music video idea are we uh are we gonna give uh fka twigs credit for self-directing an artist self-directing a good video we go in there I mean, FK, it's not a new thing, though. It's not like she was a musician and then suddenly she's going to start directing. Like, she's clearly had, like, a heavy hand in all of her music videos. FK Twigs is clearly someone who's not just a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, I will with, like, a whole bunch of asterisks next to it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So many asterisks. Here's the weird thing, though. Because uh, I... Uh, just to call back to last week when we had Andrea on the podcast, I was watching this music video at work, uh, and little did I know that I was being filmed behind me, and there's just like a video of me, like my head, and on my screen is just an F- pregnant FKA Twigs pulling, <laughs> pulling stuff out of herself. And um, <laughs> Who are you being filmed by, by Andrea? Yeah, she, she caught me. Watching that way too publicly, apparently. Yeah. Um, uh, you gotta kind of gonna... watch yourself. This is definitely like a not suitable for work video, even if no. your work is watching videos. Yeah. <laughs> there's, um, so in this fashion show, there's also this interesting stuff. But one of the things that I like the best is, uh, I don't know, like a, maybe a late 30s white woman who has a kind of a pink skirt on. But the, the one thing she's wearing as a fashion accessory is what looks like a girl scout vest with tons that just like covered in pins like covered in like what i would assume to be like merit badges or merit pins yeah um, and i really want that to like become a thing um as like a as a female fashion statement if you are a female and you're listening to this please help make that happen well pins are like coming coming in i know oh, really of, okay people are using wearing a lot of pins even boys um, so, so look the, out for that. You can start working that into your thing. I think it's worth n- noting that FKA Twigs is also one of the three choreographers in this video, mm-hmm. uh, and this and and the dancing is amazing. Like it's so amazing. And I think it should be noted that FKA Twigs. The, the reason that this is established, I have no idea why, but it, it, it is established that she's giving birth in a like a white van. In the forest, like it's, it doesn't seem like to be super important, like where she's giving birth, but she, but it's, but it's very established very clearly that she's in the back of a van. Yeah, like one of those like kind of uh, tall, thin vans. It's a nice van. I mean, it's like it's, it looks like a newer model van. Um, <laughs> and the other, so did anybody have flashbacks to um, the Nick, uh, the uh, Lady Gaga um, Born This Way video from this? There's a lot of parallels to this video to the Lady Gaga video. I didn't make the connection, but I'm not super familiar with the Gaga video. So in the Lady Gaga video, she like the same name of the song was "Born This Way," and there's all this you know Lady Gaga is is pregnant in Mm -hmm. a very same posture that FKA Twigs is, and there actually is a lot of colored. um, I don't know what fabric this is. Whatever fabric it is, this sheer fabric, a lot of colored fabric in these kind of tones. 
Mm. Um, and the birth is, you know, it, it's very, very different. I'm not saying like anybody's copying each other. No, but, no of course. Um, and I'm just saying that it, it's it's interesting because FKA Twigs up until this point has kind of been like, I, I think the best way to describe her is a bit of like a, like a moon child. I mean, she's been very, <laughs> she's like presented herself as this like kind of like aloof, like very feminine, but a very aloof artistic presence and in this she's like on a catwalk like working it she this is a very drastic turn for her even if it is a little subtle interesting um i uh i forget okay (laughs) uh i mean don't you you think it's true that this is different for her i was kind of i was really struck by like how different this is yeah i I mean it's just always been like a pet like on a pet like some sort of like not a pedestal, but like kind of always kind of centered and like I, I don't know. I didn't pick up on a lot of differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it feels saying? like she's the same to me as well. The, oh, I, now I remember what I was going to say before I trailed off like a drunk asshole. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, what other ways? Like you say, she's in the same position as Lady Gaga giving birth. Are there like other positions? No, I'm just so Lady Gaga it plays kind of two roles in that video. One is this kind of I guess uh, mythic like goddess creature that gives birth. Uh-huh. Um and it's a little more explicit like she kind of gives birth to an egg in that video. Um it's done in a very different way, but it it start it, it kind of follows the same pattern where th- there's a birth scene and then there's dancing. Yeah, um, there's fashion, weird fashion, and exactly, it's yeah. pop, and it's colorful. I see, I see similarities for sure. Um, and you know, it's just you know, artists like to play with different kind of uh, subjects, and the the idea of like fertility and birth is always an interesting one to play with. But FKA Twig kind of hasn't really played with that that much. I mean, she's always been, she's never, she's she's always like walked a really fine line between sexualizing herself and 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 being kind of too weird to conventionally be sexualized. And in this she, she I feel like she crosses that line a little bit. Um especially when when and when she's like, you know, dancing on this catwalk. I mean, that this there's some scenes where like it could be like a Madonna video, you know, from 15 years ago. Right. Um, it it just whereas, you know, I couldn't see Madonna, you know, jumping around uh, uh you know ex- execution chamber for instance like she did in as much as like video. madonna would love to be able to push those buttons that get pushed yeah she doesn't do that anymore like i feel like fka twigs to me it, it just see- feels a lot more genuine though mm-hmm. um and it comes it just seems to come from a different place i don't know maybe i'm just like jaded by madonna and i'm not really like conscious of what madonna like actually was before she's become like this parody of herself and, like, maybe Madonna was FKA Twigs in, like, the 80s or whatever. But, like, my perception of Madonna now is just become, like, a Jerry Seinfeld of herself. And <laughs> she's, like, just a joke. Uh, like, you know, just like a, sh- like a shell and everyone is just, like, still remembering what they loved in the past. Like, hasn't let go. Um, and, like, she's not let go of herself either. And, uh, but, like, FKA Twigs, to me, it just seems – like, everything she does – seems so natural to me uh i don't know like none of it as far like whatever direction as far off in whatever direction as she wants to go like it still seems nothing is seems forced 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. And I mean, she ranks high on like a scorecard for like everything, the music, the styling, uh, the dancing, the visuals that accompany her music. It's like a perfect score all the way across. It puts, yeah, it puts all that stuff together. Here. It's like, uh, you know, when you dive and there's like a table of four or five people there who, and then they hold up the numbers. You know, tens all across. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah Except Russians. Madonna's there. She's got a zero. Yeah. Madonna's <laughs> like, fuck you. And it's weird. Like when FK, when I first saw an FK Twigs video a few years ago, I would have never made the Madonna comparison. But I think that the, the, right. the music and I don't think there's like space enough for uh, a figure like as pervasive and as popular as Madonna. I think people used to say that about the, the Beatles, that music and genres were too fractured to have another Beatles. And I think that was true, just starting to become true maybe 10 years ago. And now we're at the Madonna point. Um, and uh, and it, we just keep going down. So um, we're, what's our next stop? Should we, should we stop at Run the Jewels next? Well, should we stick with... I think we should run out the YouTube Music Awards. Okay. For first. So let's talk about the Saman video. They... Uh, Kygo, I think is how you say it, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, stole the show featuring Parson James. Simon is someone we've had on this podcast uh, um, who has directed some videos that you definitely have heard us talk about if you've been listening to this podcast, including Never Say Never by Basement Jacks. That's the one with the robot butt twerking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as well as Stamina by Vitalik uh, and, and some... And, Tons of other great videos. Cinnamon Chasers Love Deluxe. Yeah, that's a, a definitely a famous one. That he's and the placebo to. ones that have been coming, that, that are pretty recent too. We really love those. Yeah, those are great. And this video is, so, so it, it it starts with these kind of reports of, uh, you know, news reports. I can't remember what they say, but the idea is that something has happened and, and some, some person has landed on the planet and uh, people are looking for him and out walks this this kind of person who looks like they're in a space costume you know all white with a helmet on and then they happen to walk into a halloween party who of course in like classic (laughs) classic like misunderstanding comedy style everybody's like oh you're here for the party you know um right who's that who's who's that that guy it's a great costume i think there's a there's a there's some movie from the 80s that does Exactly that, I think. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Um, it feels but, like that type of like eighties or like sitcom scenario. Yeah, like was it like Ghostbusters or something? I don't I don't know. Right. Um and uh anyway, it's one of your classic house party house parties with a bunch of burnouts, you know, fucking each other or whatever and then dickheads, a bunch of dickheads. Yeah, a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of dickheads. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and but anyway, the music starts and this this turns out this uh this being or this person in the spacesuit can uh, really dance, can really cut a rug, as they say. Yeah, and uh, it kind of takes it kind of takes a turn where the female version jumps in out of the, but she's she, the first guy she just kinda, walked like, into the party. Emerges the, later, right? She's yeah. like a, she's like a, like a big deal when she gets there. Yeah, like the the first person just kind of walked in, and and just and was like, well, "What's going on here?" The second person like dances in. Yeah, like it, it not even just like starts dancing. Like they've been dancing like a hundred feet out, kind of deal. Um, <laughs> and then they start dancing with the other space person, and they kind of like uh, have it a saves moment. The day. Yeah, saves a day. Um, and then at the end, we you know we get the the government, you know, because they're always ruining things. I think these are the Obamacare agents. 
um <laughs> they come in and they start and they come and uh kind of they down panel you yeah. uh Another great uh, thing to, that I love about this video is the the masks have like this, uh, like I don't know what would you call it? Like, like it's not a projection because it's, it's actually an LED. Like LED, the masks are like LED display, and I f- and um, I feel like that's a callback uh, to. I'm trying to think of what Saman video the. Um, Oh, the, I know it when you're changing. Song of Loss uh, Apparat video. That's right. Yeah, from 2011. Yeah, it's also got this, like, this kind of, like, uh, yeah, like, a computer screen that kind of sing, uh, has life. And, uh, yeah, it reminded me of that as well. It was a very Saman-like feeling moment to me. Yeah, this this video has a, a really... It's it's funny. There's there's all these different qualities that different directors have. That I guess if you watch too much music videos, <laughs> you we can kind of pick them out. And even though you know they're maybe totally different subject matters, just the way they treat it and like like as soon as I saw this the, the video started, I was like, oh yes, this is definitely like has a Saman Cash touch to it, which is which is great. I I love this video. Yeah. Um, Saman's doing a whole bunch of things, but like. I still get really stoked when he's when he comes out of the video because they're always like they, they they always have a lot of stuff to like grab onto and really love like this I love the dancing in this video I love kind of like the 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 love story that exists in this video like like we talked about like the masks is a lot of like a fun element to be drawn to and then like the big kind of like epic ending is also like really great and mm-hmm. like and yeah we shouldn't know. give away the ending we don't they don't just get surrounded they uh <laughs> whatever well, you go we'll just watch, watch it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah we won't tell you yeah, what it's it is pretty but it's beautiful. great but so one of the great. things that that i really love about directors like saman is they really understand i think like music video directors can sometimes be grouped in like two groups like people who understand what to do with the medium and people who don't and people who try to kind of encompass too many things or encompass too little things and Simon is one of those directors that understands exactly like where to draw the parameter lines, um, what to tell and what to leave out. Right. And music videos are one of those great mediums where you can leave out a ton and still tell a compelling story. So this is like a, a really kind of like compelling little vignette. It's like a, it's a relatively long video. It's like five minutes, 30 seconds. Um, but he leaves you so much room to fill in backstory here. Uh, there's without, without like taking too much away where it, like it, it doesn't make enough sense. Right. Like it's still got like this kind of skeleton where like when the things happen, like it kind of like helps you kind of like put things together in your head that you were kind of building on your own already. Right. Like it's not immediately clear that like, like even the sex of these two things, but then like these two characters um, and then you kind of like can tell like it becomes clear and like the story begins to materialize like as it, as it goes on he's kind of like giving you those pieces yeah the second one has boobs though you gotta admit well right but you're not like immediately looking for that like as soon as a character enters frame <laughs> that you don't see their face it's like oh no face where did where are the boobs where are the boobs let me check in <laughs> check on the boobs boobs check i like i don't think that's that's at least not my gut, like immediate reaction i, I you know I kind of let the story fill it in. But then, yes, I also noticed eventually. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it wasn't the boobs that gave it away for me, but it was the dancing. The dancing was definitely some girl moves. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, actually, I I did recognize that it was the the I don't know what it was about it, but there were definitely moves were more feminine. Yeah, um, yeah. like mine, mine, <laughs> or like that. Uh, so if you go to the show notes of this imvdb.com slash podcast we're including a 30 second very grainy clip of Adam Alexander dancing they um, exist they're out there yeah you can download it it's um, very grainy he's wearing he's wearing swimmies hmm. you know like those things on your arm that you sh- that you give little kids to help them float he's wearing swimmies and flippers and uh, getting down I've got a, a shirtless one of me dancing to hot chip on YouTube somewhere <laughs> It ex- it's true. It's out there, and yeah. uh, all of those are Creative Commons. So do do it. right. Use use them as you will. Right. And, yeah. and, and they're in front of a green screen, which is great. Um. So let's. Uh. I think we can move on from the YouTube awards now. Thank you, YouTube awards. Next whoa, 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 whoa! Wait. There's so, so many well, there's, great. But I so, I do want to quickly talk about one more from the YouTube awards. Mm-hmm. All right, well hold on. Well, well, There's so many great ones. It's so hard to leave them out. But what's what's the one? Like because I really liked a lot of them. But what's the I one just want to real quick because it was on your watch list. Um, okay. And it's it's probably one of the strongest examples of a great video for a song that I fucking hated. <laughs> and it's the. Uh, the gibberish video by Max, directed by Greg Jardin. I loved this video. It was like so great. Yeah, I forgot this was a YouTube Music Awards video. It's so great. Greg Jardin's also been on this podcast. He's a homie. Like he did, he did an awesome job at making like a, I don't know. I I just don't like this song, but he did like a cool visual for this, mm-hmm. and it almost made me like the song because the video was just no. So the, cool. vi- the video is great, and it's and it's also like uh, Greg Jardin is. Someone who, um, they're not like, I wouldn't call them gimmicks, but they're like ideas that you can kind of bottle into a sentence a lot of times. And, um, well, the good example of that is in, uh, uh, you know, maybe 2010, 2011, um, he did the, the famous video for, uh, Kina Granis in your arms, which was done with stop motion and I, with the uh, jelly beans. Right, it was a jelly right. bean stop motion, video. and he was, and which led to Kina Granis to kind of awkwardly play the song on Ellen while the music video played in the background. This was early days of the music video resurgence. Oh, it's so bad. It was. This awkward. is early days of the music video. We had Greg on and talked about that. I think. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, 2011. Yeah, a while ago. Um, did we say it was? We did say it was bad when we had him on. We talked about the no. video. Did we talk about Ellen when we had? Him I on? don't. I don't think that uh, happened yet. Honestly, it's fu- I just listened to that one, so it's kind of fresh in my memory. I, <laughs> I think you did talk about Ellen. Oh hmm. man! I mean, it was a great. I'm glad that it happened and that Ellen was like recognizing a music video at that time. And the music video is fantastic. And obviously, like Greg Jardin is a fantastic director, but the performance of her performing in front of the video did not work for me. Yeah, I think the the clearest example is that I don't think that's happened again afterwards. Um, <laughs> So this gibberish video, like Doug, like he said, he kind of latches on to a visual trick, I guess, and, and incorporates that into the video in an interesting way. And and this one is one of the something that was super compelling. Um, and that is, 
it, this guy Max, I guess. I've never heard of this guy Max. Um, seems like a nice dude. Uh, is dancing and singing in this kind of uh, you know the f- floor of a building uh, with white columns, and it's apparent that some things are in backwards motion, uh, but not everything is in backwards motion. And it's never there's never like any sort of repeating pattern of this. It's just yeah, it's some things clear. are in backwards, some things are regular motion. It's really interesting. Yeah, it makes me like I think surprising he's always, stuff. Sorry, Doug. Sorry, no, no, no problem. I was just going to say, I think he's always played uh, forward. He doesn't get reversed at all, but everyone else is kind of back and forth. Right. You're and right, it's also, yeah. I, it also appears to be one shot the whole time. Yeah, right. I, I didn't see any cut points or like, or, you know, not that I have a, like an eye for cut points, but like... no, but I, I mean, it, it feels like this was probably motion control mm-hmm. yeah. and that's how they did a lot of this stuff. So like there might not be cut points, but these people probably aren't necessarily in a room together. Yeah. Um, yeah, it did have that feeling like, like different kind of shots coming together in that way but yeah there's there's definitely there's there's definitely like there's uh, there's moments where people are walking around with smoke machines and some of them the smoke is coming out and some of the smoke is coming back in and then yeah. there's stuff projected on the smoke machines it's uh, it's definitely like a very technical sleight of hand video which which obviously is is something that greg uh jardin does extremely well and another thing that like really helps like add to some of the disorientation is that there are lines in this song that are run backwards. Right. Which allows the people on frame to say that stuff forward and then they run that stuff backwards. So they're still like synced with that portion of the song, but they're doing things that are backwards. Like it's just so much like, like there's a lot going on. There's a yeah. lot going on. It's it, hard. Hurts, it hurts your brain to try to think about what they're actually filming too. If you right. really sit there and try to think. Yeah, it's, I think it's better to just sometimes. let it all happen and enjoy the grooves. Yeah, I, I don't want to think too much. No, I just want a cool music video, Greg. Fucking Greg, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Jelly Bean it's, one, I actually haven't seen that in a long time. And after this podcast, I'm going to go watch it because I remember talking him talking about that and it being like a trip. Like this, uh, and Keena Grannis has done relatively well for herself, I think. Um, yeah, totally. But it's in, it's insane what they went through. Like to yeah. hear about that process, it just seemed insane. Because literally, it is just what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Fucking switch, switching out those jelly beans every time, and like there was a lot of, like with projection that helped them do it, and like a lot of like things that you know just like made the process work. But for the most part, like they had to just empty and replace jelly beans a bunch of times. Yeah. So, good, good one, Adam. I forgot about that. That was uh, that. That was YouTube Music of Video Awards, and yeah, you whoa 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 us, and we have. Who, who's we Hoodie Allen? Who's Hoodie Allen? You don't know Hoodie? Is he opening for Kendrick on his tour? No, no. Why not? <laughs> Why are you? No, seriously, who's is Hoodie Allen? Like a Mac Miller kind of a dude? He's a rapper. I don't think he's a Mac Miller kind of a guy. I do think I saw Hoodie Allen and Riff Raff had beef, mm. so I would be on Team Riff Raff. Me if too. That was I wish Riff Raff was in this video. That'd I can't cool. confirm. Yeah. I can't confirm. Someone should Google that before they ask Hoodie Allen what the fuck. But Riff, uh, Riff Raff is an untapped feature artist. 
I just feel like if I was if I was any artist out there that was famous, I would have Riff Raff as a feature. Like I don't know why you wouldn't just do it. Right. I did see that um people are putting Andy Milanakis in their songs now. Uh, well, yeah, I see him popping up too a little bit. Like just get Riff Raff. He's obviously like he's not gonna do a ton of like okay, like uh Neon Icon was an all right album but i think it proved that riff raff is not like now going to guy. be selling out you know the the arenas anytime soon well i feel like he's more of a live act like people would maybe not like people might be like well i'm not gonna buy the riff raff album and listen to it in my car but like i would go to a show and see what he's all about there do people go to rap so it, this... he sells out shows for sure and he he tours I still am of the, and I have seen very, very little to dissuade me from this. That that rap is just not alive, like alive in the conventional sense of like selling a ton of tickets. Like Lil Wayne just had a had a complete shit show in Fort Lauderdale for coming yeah, on at three terrible, in the morning. He's yeah, a terrible performer. Yeah, he comes from a time. He comes from a time when that was what rap shows are were there are artists who do new things now, and there are even the artists who do just like regular rap shows are still capable of like tapping into an energy low wayne is just like not a good live performer he's way too like high mm-hmm. <clears throat> to like keep the energy up he probably like doesn't know his lyrics well enough to like really carry a show and do something interesting with it live but like there is a way to have a good live rap show i've been yeah. to plenty of them you just have to look to bands like uh, or acts like Run the Jewels or any Odd Future stuff. Like that's Kendrick that's, Lamar is fa- Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar is great. Like even somebody like even somebody like Action Bronson, I feel like can do some things. Like you might, he it might run out of gas, but like it can do can have can be a fun entertainer. I don't think there's anything entertaining about seeing Little Wayne live. He's not like a character like that. Where you can look at them and still right. enjoy them, even if you can't hear what they're saying. But there are acts who Danny, do want Danny you to, Brown comes to want mind you to hear too. what they're saying. Kendrick yeah. Lamar is a good is a great live performer, uh, sure. and, and you can hear what he's saying, and and it, and he's got an energy to carry it. But I, I get I do get your point, Adam, that without like a full live band, there's less to appreciate. You know, you know what I learned recently that was. This is kind of I don't know what will remind me of this, but uh, there was a, a, a. Did you know Mark Ronson has done a TED talk? <laughs> no. Yeah, he did a TED talk of all things the uh, 1985 rap song La Di Da Di. Have you guys heard this song? Mm. By uh, Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. Um, I know the song. Sorry, I was, I was blowing my nose. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do know. I know the song. Yes. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I was just. And if you guys, if anybody listens to the the um, the TED Talk podcast, I think it's called uh, where they go in depth on uh, like TED Talks a little bit more in depth. They had Mark Ronson on and talked about this, and his whole TED Talk was about this song and how it has been like sampled. And referenced over and over again, like in places you wouldn't even expect, like when Miley Cyrus says, "Like uh, uh, la di da di, we like to party." I think most people would hear that and be like, "Okay, well, she's just singing some gibberish or nonsense." But it's a reference to the song "La di da di," um, and little snippets of it have like appeared 
you know, basically, you know, all over the place. It's not uncommon for like rapper, like rap to just like put like start, start verses in one way. And like, you know, like you hear like, like the same kind of punchlines and like making references to like rappers from before and like carrying stuff forward. Like Jay-Z uses Biggie lines all the time, you know, to like kind of just like give him, give him love. Mm. And so that's like part of it. It's interesting that it, it's now moved out of hip hop, but like Miley's pulling from that, that, that jar. But it's interesting that like, and and one, the thing that reminded me is like it, Mark Ronson talks about how that aspect of hip hop has been used to disparage hip hop, like that. That's not something that happens in 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 rock or other genres a lot, where people are just basically like just lifting wholesale elements out of other songs and using them in their songs. And I think that's something that rap like definitely dealt with really heavily in the 90s and the 2000s a lot of criticism for stuff like that and has i think now like completely moved out of um i don't think that's like a valid criticism anymore i think that's like a criticism anybody is interested in but i do think like even though there are rap artists that are are there out there doing that i think the next like big hurt like doing great live shows doing great live performances I think the next hurdle for them isn't the people's aversion to having samples so heavily in music or even the idea of rap in general, but having something that is just so different live than it is in a recorded form. I think it's just something that, I mean, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take maybe another decade or so, but I think it it definitely takes them. It takes a hip hop artist to do more to make their song translate live than it would be for like a rock band. And a lot of like forever rappers didn't really take that consideration. And some of them could still put on a good show because they were really energetic or just like a good live performer. Like for a while, Eminem, for example, was like just entertaining to watch for two hours. Uh, Even if you didn't know what he was saying, uh, or couldn't really comprehend. Like you could get the beat and you knew the song already, and he would be fun live because you like he's fun to look at, no matter what he's doing. But I feel like there's always been hip hop artists, Outkast, and and others who have always tried to take consideration to put on a good live show, and you know st- still try to like make it tr- like translate their their music to live performance. I don't think that Lil Wayne is is really doing that. I think that he just has a DJ put on the beat and and raps it in front of people instead of you know in a studio. He doesn't do an addition. He doesn't make another step. I read something that uh he recently snapped on his DJ for playing the wrong uh Coco sample. Oh, Throws yeah. mic at him and, and Who's stormed off. DJ's stage. name? I don't know. But that's a good live <laughs> performance. That I want to see. <laughs> Dude, who, that happens all the time, though. The, like who's, the DJ playing the wrong shit. Who's Kanye West DJ? Oh, the, but the have you seen quit. that? Have you seen the 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 the, the uh, super yes. cut of all of Kanye yes. West yelling at his DJ? Yes, it's so good, especially for best. Kanye because his shows are like supposed to be very like 
put together and elaborate. And so to put to fuck up in those cases, it really like takes you out of the moment. Um, but the thing, like Kanye is trying to create moments in his live performances. But he, I bet Supercut, we have to link that in the show notes. It's it's Mano. Mano. Oh my god! It's just like and he he doesn't like kind of get mad at him. He's like Mano. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this. You gotta like it. Uh, and it would be like completely pitch black, and like you can't. And it'd just be like the wrong beat for a second, and then the wrong beat for a second, and it's just him yelling. Uh, it's so good. Um, so should we talk about uh, our friends run the jewels? Yeah, let's talk about our our, our sweet boys. So, Run the Jewels have been kind of coasting through some of our favorite directors. Uh, they did... Yeah, just picking them off. A video for, with Timothy Sassenti for, for the last album, their Run the Jewels 2. I started with Oh My Darling Don't Cry by Timothy Sassenti. Light Sheet Steel, directed by Rough Mercy. And then uh, now we have Mr. A.G. Rojas, who's been on this video, uh, this podcast, um, with uh, Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck. Um, featuring uh, Zach De La Rocha Zach De La Rocha, right Who has a great, one of my favorite featured verses Such a great a long featured time. Yeah, it's awesome. Something it's that just like good. adds so much to this song It does an additional layer um, What did you guys think of this video? So we should describe this video a little bit first Because sure. it's a simple description So it starts with uh, Run the, like LP and, and Killer Mike and Zach Delarosha. And Zach Delarosha, right. We're kind of walk, walking around a neighborhood. But then it cuts to uh, this dude. Um, I believe it's Shay Wiggum. And, uh, who... Yeah, these two guys. Uh, so Sh- no, Shay Wiggum is the It's the police cop. officer. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the the the, uh, the other guy that, who plays a, a black guy is Keith Stanfield. And Keith Stanfield is the guy who was in that um, Carmela Michaela um gary clark jr music video that's right yeah i knew i knew him from somewhere okay and he's also like an actor from movies right. as, and the and the and the guy shay uh shay wingham is also on boardwalk empire yeah that's so, thank you i knew yeah I so silver lines playbook american hustle wolf of wall street he's he's a big boy and so this video is like obviously and we've talked about this in the podcast before like like police uh you know kind of handling of uh, or the conduct with minorities is a huge topic in the u.s if you're listening from another country um you know starting with the the killing in ferguson and uh, in new york with eric garner um and this video like a lot of videos have kind of touched on this and it's kind of seeped into the into the culture this way and this video it has a really interesting take on it. You know, these two characters, as we mentioned, played by Shay Wiggum and Keith Stanfield, play a cop and, uh, you know, young-ish black guy in a white t-shirt um, in kind of like a, a sort of rundown neighborhood. But they're basically... I would say it's a very... I would say this is a very authentically low-income neighborhood. Yeah. When you think of, like, a, a West Coast kind of quote-unquote ghetto area it's probably weird. yeah this is not like they didn't this does not seem f- f- faked no these locations and you know basically what they're doing is like fighting each other 
and not like boxing or like you know or like or like fake fake movie fighting even they're like they're like like it's wrestling at some point right and it's like it's like very like like their fighting is very raw to me it's just like very like just like trying to like just get in there with the person like it's very it's very like one-on-one like face-to-face like roll around kind of fighting like the type of fighting where like if you and your dad got into an argument <laughs> you know what i mean though like like the type of like you don't you're not gonna punch your dad but you're like, Fuck dad. like yeah Shut up, I wanna go. yeah just, like one point they're like they're like kind of locked at each other but like they both have their hands in each other's faces kind of and, and yeah. with, but with like open palms like not like trying to like gouge their eyes out. It's a very it's 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 really tough to describe what this fight is. But obviously this is the main action for the entire uh, video. So it's it's very obvious that you know Ag Rojas and the actors in this video spent a lot of time figuring out exactly what this action was going to be. And it goes on for for the you know the time is accelerated in this video. So you're not looking at this in real time. It's a 3 minute video, but you start in the daylight and it ends in the nighttime. Yeah, it kind of like jumps around. It's black and white the whole time. Right. And shot, then shot by Michael Reagan. There's the interesting milk scene. That's The milk scene is uh, so here's the thing. Here's what's great about this video is that it keeps taking these turns and the milk scene is like really one of like the big key turns for me where like your opinion of the characters kind of like shifts throughout the video because like when it first starts, you just like assume, okay, cops gonna probably be the bad guy in this scenario, just based on what's been going on. Like you assume that like the cops gonna try to kill this this kid. But like at no point do you really like this is that actually like the case in the video and like the advantage kind of shifts between the two of the characters throughout the video and then when the milk scene hits they kind of share it to a weird level like so describe mm -hmm. describe the milk scene for us okay so so they kind of like they're like fighting in the street all over the place and then suddenly they kind of like stumble into this house and the kid gets to the milk first uh because they uh all right first of all when they're fighting the cops pepper spray goes off and kind of gets in both of their eyes so they stumble into this house and just break into the like essentially uh to like bust into the fridge and just start pouring first the kid starts pouring milk on his face uh to like relieve the pain and then like the cop comes in and kind of like takes the milk from him and it's at that point it's like not really aggressive between the two of them like they both have begun like their main goal has been the milk on their face like relieving their pain they're more of like in it together at that point just for that like kind of moment of the milk moment because then they get into it again and I think it's also kind of crucial that you never see like the impetus of this conflict. Um, there's never like you, you know, Ag Rojas to his credit never avoids a lot of like kind of preachy pitfalls and callbacks to you know really obvious callbacks to other things. But also, it has callbacks to everything because. Yeah. Every one of these stories, like, there are people on both sides of it, right? Mm-hmm. And there are people who, like, you don't know necessarily the incident. And you only know, like, the outcomes. And you only know what happens when they're wrestling. And from that point on. And and 
everything else becomes so cloudy. So like this video starts and the cop's nose is bloody and they're already out of breath and they've already been fighting. You know, it's already started because that's like if you're going to look deeper, like in these situations, when a new one of these situations arises, it comes from a situation where these types of people are already fighting with each other. Like it's it starts at no place, but it also starts where everything is. And it's just like so fa- and 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 it and it's rooted in what Run the Jewels is all about. Like Killer Mike w- during Ferguson, like during the Michael Brown, like in the, just after that incident, uh, was on a lot of news. Like was on CNN and Fox News, talking to all sorts of people and kind of like empathizing with both sides. Killer Mike has, I think his dad was a police officer. I think his sister's a police officer. He has law enforcement and his family. Like he gets the argument, like he gets both, he has perspective on both sides. And this video at no point takes a side. And it is it, just, it's just so fantastic how they're kind of like able to do that. It, I feel like it's such an impossible task that they're that they kind of like take on and they nail it they nail it i love the ending where they're just both sitting on one side of the same bed in what looks like a grandmother's bedroom (laughs) and it's just like it's just like a really cool moment they're both like exhausted and and they're worn out and they're beaten and and they just give up i love it like what do you guys think that means do you think that means that like you know that's that way of them saying like they're they're the same person they get into the same bed at like the same type of bed at night or like can you look at it like sure. they're some kind of like married couple and like you can like <laughs> you can like you can like take the this conflict that goes on between you know um minority and low income communities and the and law enforcement as like the type of conflict that goes on within a married couple as well where there's like similarities between the struggle but also like individual like i don't know because i think with that comment you just earned yourself an honorary film degree (laughs) (laughs) i think uh i think you just wrote a film thesis i think we just had a film thesis happen Um, yeah it it, that is kind of weird like the choice of that um i feel i feel like it's i mean it could mean I mean, you know, obviously we don't necessarily need to nail down what it means, but I think that, like, it can kind of be... Like, what did you guys think of that, though? Where, where did you kind of land on that? That didn't really cross my mind. It, it seemed like just like a, a, you know, a good place for them to end up. I mean, if, it, did they, if they went to the house, I'm not sure too much... I don't know if too much thought went into that because they just kind of go into this domestic area. Um, I... Yeah, there's there's a, a director statement. If you go to just run the jewels, which is interesting, uh, if like just go to runthejewels dot com or dot net or whatever dot net, and that, there's like two paragraphs from a director of their music video. That's pretty uncommon from AG. Yeah, um, and I actually did didn't fully get through this, um, and it, he, but I did I did you know read that AG wanted to quote translate, uh, you know the song. Uh, into a film that would ignite a valuable and productive conversation about racially motivated violence in this country. And I, and the reason I didn't kind of read this, and I, a reason I don't really think that a commentary from the director is super necessary in this is that AG, I know AG is trying to like 
the 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 intent is to start a conversation but i think that's something that's happening in a million different places you know in every different piece of art across the country right now i feel like that's just such like a a a target of popular culture and popular discourse right now and i feel like ag's take is so unique and so valuable that i that i don't really think it needs to be said that he's going towards that or no, that, I think that you're is, absolutely is, right. His target. I feel like it, this this stands alone. I don't really feel like a like a commentary is necessary on this because if you sit somebody down and watch this, they like I you you immediately get it, and it's just it's powerful in its simplicity. No, totally. I I, I completely agree. I don't. Uh, I mean, I appreciate that they that run the jewels gave Ag the opportunity to like kind of speak to like provide this and put this out there like that they cared enough about it but like i agree that it should stand on its own but i also know that like it like it seems ag seems like someone who's really passionate and has like a lot to say about his work but i agree that like the the work is saying it without Mm -hmm. without the words themselves being there um should we should we i think we should should close out with uh, talking about the rating system uh, or do you have another video you want to talk about? Well, I, I really like the Isaac's video. That's right. Uh, the ho- the ho- how do you say it? Hosier. <laughs> we argue about this every time. I have no idea how to say his name. So um, <laughs> to intro, to, to, this is called Work Song by Hosier, um, directed by Isaac Ravishankara. Um, been on this podcast, F- friend friend of the site, I would say probably. I would say. Um, Isaac, if you if you if you don't like our site, you know, just you know, let us know. Um, And obviously, Hozier is uh, a guy who had a really uh, big big song, big hit that was a thinly veiled metaphor for sex. sex. Um, Take me to church, Um, and this is his uh, you know another single, and in it he's kind of singing to a you know he's at like a concert. small concert and this guy have you guys noticed the trend of dudes wearing their hair in buns this yeah dude that, that's the whole thing that's the man bun there's tumblers for that shit yeah man. i've seen the tumblers and yeah. just, just like a few weeks ago and i was like i didn't even know this is a thing and and ladies swoon it? over this i'm i'm growing one right now <laughs> oh you're growing can, are you actually doing it um i can i can i'll try it i'll maybe no who I can't. would be the best of, of the three of us <laughs> Of the three of us, who could pull it off? Oh, you. So, uh, Doug, I think you could. You could do it. Uh, my hair is very thick. It's too thick for a bun. Uh, well, my hair is kind of too short right now, but I feel like I could grow it out. I feel like I would be willing to grow my hair out mm-hmm. for the purposes of just seeing if I could pull off a top bun. Yeah, I agree. And then, ju- and then just and then if I can keep it, and uh-huh. if I can't, cut it and donate. Mm. To like someone who's making like oil, you know, like you can suck, you can suck up oil with hair. So, like, so, a, like a like an oil s- spill clean yeah, effort. Yeah, okay. donate my hair to that. Not to like, I mean, maybe cancer or something. Yeah, but no, I'm thinking oil spills. So at this at this concert, it's a nice, it's an interesting kind of uh, video. Sorry, so the video um, features Hosier, the guy from Hosier. 
Um, the who guy is, who is Hosier. Adam, where is he from again? You know this. A- Irish. He's Ireland. Right, okay. And Irish, he's, I say. And, the, and the, the cup, some couples in the audience kind of break out into a choreographed dance. Very nice dance. Um, shot really well. And, and again, one of those things where if you watch enough Isaac Ravi Shankar videos, there's just like little stylistic touches that I think are definitely Isaac touches. Um, right, totally. Especially the way this is shot. Because... Shot by Kevin Phillips, who's also on this podcast. Exactly. Um, because didn't Isaac do the video for... Uh... Anyway, Riff no. Raff? For what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Riff Raff. Isaac, if you're listening to this, please do a video for Riff Raff. Please. <laughs> please. Um, but yeah, I, I like this video a lot. I think this is, you know, it's so tough when you are when you have a huge song like Take Me to Church. It's so tough to take another step and figure out what that is. And I really like it. Yeah, to like even establish yourself as an artist. Yeah. And, and this, is a, this is a great, because I feel the performance videos can be so tedious and so boring. And Isaac does a great job of like, allowing him to perform but also cutting that with what is super hot in music videos right now which is like which is dance yeah and i think it's a really like the dance the dance in this video seems a lot more intimate uh i would say and not Mm -hmm. in like a way where it's like this is intimate sexy dance (laughs) like it's like intimate in a way where like i feel like all the people dancing with each other all like love each other like one another like the the individual partners like actually have a connection to each other mm-hmm. and then yes. like I, I you feel that in the video they, and they could i feel be like that's so hard person. to capture yeah right and i and yeah. i do believe that there's like i was talking to isaac a little bit about this video and i think that it kind of like spawned from the there's like a main couple who is kind of the focus of it all and i think the two of them choreographed a dance this dance to this video and sent it to Hozier and kind of was just like, just like here, we did this, check this out. And he like responded to them and they were like, we'd love to like do that, make a video. And I think they then reached out to Isaac, the the two dancers. And I feel like that's how this, I think that's how this video came together. And they were Jillian uh, Myers and Jack McKenzie. Right. Who are, yeah. Who are the two dancers and the, the two because of the concept, Jillian Myers is uh, Jillian Myers is also credited as a um, as the for the concept with Isaac. So uh, yeah, I think they sent they sent uh, Hosier the video of them doing just like the dance, and that's kind of how the, the the impetus of this video came together. So I do think that there is like the two dancers obviously do actually know each other, but um, but even when even that's the case, like. You know that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to feel it in the video when you watch it, but you do hear like, and with everyone across the board, like it just there's a connection between the dancers, mm-hmm. and even though the dancers aren't really like interacting with Hosier, like there seems to be kind of a connection between the performance and the dancers as well. Like it's so hard. The last Hosier video, he's performing in it, and the video, like the narrative of the video and the performance just seems so separate of one another. But in this video, they're together and they kind of like mix together really beautifully. Another nice touch of this video is that the, there's the couples are dancing kind of in a crowd of other, other singles, I guess. <laughs> singles. 
Yeah, all, like all the couples. The, frown. the couples are like, yeah, we're, we're gonna do this choreographed dance, and the people who are singles are just like, yeah, I guess I'll just stand over here. Right. Um, which is just which let is, it happen. Which sounds awkward, but it turns out to be nice. They're all swiping Tinder. We just can't see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're looking for the Jason Delero video. Derulo. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Adam, you didn't get matched with Jason Derulo. <laughs> no, you got you got him served up. You swiped right, and it just it wasn't a match. Yeah, no, there was no like no date, and not even a music video. Nothing. Oh, man. Um, I uh... fuck, I love this video, man. It's so nice. Sorry, I'm just watching it again. It's a really you know, great song it, too. It's kind of um, unfortunate that it was released on the day that it was released. I feel like it might have gotten overshadowed a little bit on another day it uh it probably would have stood out more yeah i wonder if like we might be like too much in the in the music video woods where we're paying attention where every music video comes out and it's like so interesting it's meaningful to us but like you know i think hosier exists in different pockets than a lot of the artists who came out with videos that they did but it is interesting that it's like not performing at a super high level yet Right. I mean, it's close. I mean, it's seven hundred and fifty k for three days, which is not. Yeah, bad but how many views does Take Me to Church have? Yeah, but she's Take Me to Church was a sleeper hit too. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 super tough to be, and I sympathize with with these artists a lot because when you have something that takes off like that song took off, I think I know there's a ton of promotion behind it, but I think relatively unexpectedly. Um, a follow-up to that is almost impossible. So I think that you kind of even want it to not be as huge because it sets a precedent like, oh, everything is going to be a massive, massive success by this guy. Yeah, totally. Um, no, right. So I think you he hits that... the exact right note he needs to hit here. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because um, this that. is going to do a few million um, in the next month or so. Uh, it's going to do healthy numbers, I feel like. And it's going to probably chart. It's a great song. I'll probably chart relatively high and uh i think that's where he needs to needs to be for this um because you have like you know like successes can kind of be tough in music i mean directors and 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 other people that work with music videos kind of have the luxury of working with anybody they they want and kind of jumping around in different styles but it is like if you're like someone like Adele who had the biggest selling album of 2012 and 2013, um, you know, having a mega hit like that, like, what are you going to do for your next album? Like, how do you possibly like, like, what, what do you even start? It's all every, yodeling. It, like, I, every time I think of that, I think of the 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 famous uh, behind the scenes documentary of the 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 uh, Star Wars prequels. That start with George Lucas sitting in his, taking his daughter to school sometime in like 1993 and sitting down in his home office with like a blank piece of paper to write the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> and like, what do you, like, if you're just sitting there, like, what what the f- fuck do you start writing? Where do we fucking start? Yeah. It's like, like, okay, it's... <laughs> Yoda? <laughs> and we all know how that turned out, but it's like, that is the classic dilemma of of success this like idea of sitting in an office surrounded by your millions of dollars and these classic things that you've created trying to do that again and having the whole world waiting for it it just seems impossible right right definitely and so you have to like go to a place that like is like 
that connects to you as an artist, I think that that definitely makes a lot of sense. So for him to like have these dancers who were moved by his music enough to like choreograph a dance to it and then make a music video out of that, mm-hmm. like that does seem like like the perfect place to go. And if you still want to like be like yeah, do something that makes any sense. I still like uh, Isaac's. 303 videos I, I don't know why but i was watching some of them the other day they're still really good like if you watch uh right i think this is a song that may might have been no offense to 303 but forgotten to time now but 2010's my first kiss featuring kesha right which, which is, is massive yeah great song that i that i i don't think has been kept in rotation but a great video right so much it's such a good video michael q schmidt Wait, no, he's not in that one. He's in no. a different... He's in... Uh, is he in a 303 video? He is. He's in one of Isaac's. Um, he's in Touching on My. Yeah. Right. Anyway. <laughs> he's folks. a naked cook. Michael has quite <laughs> quite an IMVDB profile with 40, um, 42 appearances. So. And he's got a couple unread messages in my LinkedIn inbox. Uh, messages or I get endorsed by Michael a lot. For Do you time. know he just messaged me? I gotta write him back. Okay, so uh, I think we did it, you guys. I think we great job, Adam, Doug. Excellent job. Um, Thanks, Adam. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Adam. So uh, and and I guess we'll talk about this this new British attempt at making a, a music video. Yeah, we'll wait till there's more videos rated 18 to get into that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week and uh, keep on rocking. <laughs> That's all I got.